0: Good morning and welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We're a spiritual, spirited community dedicated to the free search for truth and meaning. Very glad you're here. I extend a special welcome to those of you visiting with us this morning. If you have questions about this church or about Unitarian Universalism, please don't hesitate to ask the knowledgeable and friendly people at the visitor table or me or... Someone sitting around you who looks as if they've been here for a while. We come from a long heritage of teaching that there's a spark of the divine in every person. It is in the spirit of that heritage that I say, let us greet the holy in our midst by turning to the person to your right and left and welcoming them here this morning. Please say with me the words by which we light the chalice, which is the symbol of our faith. In the light of truth and the warmth of love. We gather to seek,
1: to find, and to share. Good morning. I'm Margaret Borden, your lay leader this morning. Our call to worship this morning is from an excerpt from the Gulag, Archipelago 1918 1956 by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. If only it were all so simple. If only there were evil people somewhere insidiously committing evil deeds and it were necessary only to separate them from the rest of us and destroy them. But the line dividing good and evil cuts through the heart of every human being. And who is willing to destroy a piece of his own heart?
0: Many people are curious about what holds this congregation together at its heart when we don't have a creed, a list of things we must believe together. What we do is we look at one another's lives and the lives of uh, people we admire throughout history as scripture. We learn what life is like and what to do and what not to do. We also draw from... All the major scriptures of the world, and poetry, and songs, and art. One of the things that holds this congregation together and guides its feet as we run our race is its mission. You all wrote it, or your representatives did, and we wrote it on the wall, and we say it together every Sunday. We gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives and do justice.
1: Our reading this morning is titled, As a New Year Begins, Rosh Hashanah in the Jewish religion marks the end of one new year and the beginning of a new one. As a New Year Begins by Kate Lore. Great Spirit of Life, as a New Year Begins we turn inward to reflect about the state of our lives. What lessons have we learned in the past year and which new ones now call us forward? To whom do we still owe an apology or expression of thanks? And with whom must we draw fresh boundaries? As we pause from our regular rhythms of rush, 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 we open ourselves to new perspectives and possibilities. We give thanks for these moments and for the wisdom they afford us. May they help bring us together in the sacred dynamics of life so that we, as individuals and as members of this community, might reach our full potential. As we step across this threshold, let this new year be a year of greater awe and gratitude, of deeper kindness and acceptance, and more courageous acts of conviction. For a kinder, more equitable and sustainable world is not only possible, she is on her way. And in the quietness of this sacred community, we can ever hear her breathing. Amen.
0: Now is the time in our service when we become quiet together, breathing deeply, Spend just a few moments in that still place inside. We want to do heroic things. We want to do courageous things. We want to be kind and generous and strong. So often we fall short of what we'd like to do and be. In this place of stillness is where we can ask for clarity, to see ourselves correctly, where we can ask for mercy, to see one another with softer gaze, where we can ask for compassion and strength, wisdom to know what to do.
1: Let us enter into the silence together. Happy Rosh Hashanah.
0: Our Jewish neighbors and cousins and sisters and brothers are celebrating the holiday starts tonight. Rosh Hashanah is the birthday of the world, an ancient, ancient holy day where it's time to take stock, time to take inventory I just had a birthday, and birthdays are kind of like a little rise in the terrain, like you're climbing a hill, and you look forward, and you look backward, and you think, how did I get here? (laughs) And where did I think I would be by this time? And where does it look like I'm going? And what do I want to change? And what do I want to keep? And who do I want to be? And I'm not sure that there is a birthday large enough that you don't have some of those thoughts. So, you know, I I got to my birthday and I was thinking <laughs> I've had the I've had the same three resolutions on my birthday since I was about 11. And only one of them has dropped by the wayside. I used to go I I want to lose weight and I want to let my fingernails grow out and I want to get a tan. <laughs> And um, now I get a tan, not in there anymore. <laughs> but I'm beginning to think, after 50 years, that um, perhaps resolutions don't work. And so when I even make more reasonable resolutions, like I would like to deal better with my grumpy moods and I would like to spend more relaxed time with my sister whose value system seems like we live in two different realities and I love her and she loves me and yet... Um, just by breathing in and out in the same room, we seem to hurt each other. So um, how, do we, how do we do that? And I'm going to preach more about that as we go along, because I'm really thinking a lot about it. And plus, one of you bought an auction sermon asking me to preach about that. So not about my sister, but about their family. And I uh, thought I'd be like a nicer, more spiritual person by this time. And I'm a pretty nice person, always have been. When I was born, I was 60 years old. And so now I'm 60 years old, and so I feel like I really fit. Everything kind of fits, and I'm, you know, grown into myself. But in this holiday, it's a time for reflection. And the reason it's a time for reflection is because God, in the teachings of Judaism, God is in a a nice mood this time of year. God is in a, is suffused with mercy and grace. And usually going to talk to God or going to meet with God is like a person going to see the king. And you put on your very best clothes and you rehearse your speech. You get everything perfect for your presentation. You cross your fingers. You tremble. Um, you're very respectful. And um, this time of year, the Jewish teachings say... It's as if the king has left the palace and has walked out into the fields to come see everybody. And you can approach the king in the field, in your grubby, regular, everyday wear. And you don't have to get everything perfect. And the king is in a wonderful mood. Um, And he is in the mood for grace and mercy. So that's why this time of year is a time for reflection because nobody wants to reflect and make changes when they feel like the hammer's about to come down. It's easier to make changes when you feel safe and loved and supported. And so that's why this time of year is a year to make changes. And I think um, we as Unitarian Universalists also... Might take this time for reflection. You got a little uh, pebble as you came in the door. It doesn't matter if you didn't get one. You can get it on your way out. I would, I would like to ask you to put it in your pocket. There's a tradition um, in the Jewish tradition. There's a, a ritual called Tashlik, and in Tashlik, what you do is you take stones or you take pieces of bread. And you put into those your sins for the year and then throw them into some running water. It's a Tashlik means casting off. So you take the things that you want to cast off from your life. And it takes some reflection because normally we protect ourselves from seeing those things about ourselves because we're very busy seeing them about our partners and spouses. And our friends and the people we work with. And um, their faults are really primary in our mind. Um, But... So I want to ask you to carry this around for a week or two so that you can think what you might want to cast off from your life and then go find some water. We've got some in Austin, and you can stand on the bridge and throw it over as one of your autumn rituals. Now, some people say that Unitarian Universalists don't use the word sin, and we don't so much. We talk about um, taking inventory of ourselves and our lives, like the 12-steppers. We steal that from them. And we look at the things that we are doing that are that are creative and beautiful and life-affirming and communitarian, and we affirm those. <coughs> and we look at the things that we're doing that might be self-centered or unhelpful or anti-communitarian or apathetic. We feel bad about those um, Sometimes we feel unnecessarily bad about not being heroes of social justice because we, you know, have work and kids and our lives to live. But we are heroes in that we keep trying. And Unitarian Universalists have a strong sense of sin. I think I've talked to you about this before. If we were to say throw something not recyclable into the recycle bin, feel what that would feel like. Or if we post something on our Facebook page that we think is cool, it turns out to be a hoax, and somebody gently tells us, you know that's not true, don't you? And we feel like, oh, feeling stupid is another sense of sin that we seem to have, even though everybody's stupid now and then. Or if we spell the word your, um, <laughs> and we meant to say Y-O-U apostrophe R-E, but we said Y-O-U-R instead, it's just. The scalding humiliation, and I and I often think to myself, if I felt that same scalding humiliation, or when I when I don't um, do the right thing, justice wise or kindness wise, I would I would be humiliated a lot. And I'm those are very mild sins. I'm not going to talk about the the terrible sins that we all commit in our lives, because this is not that kind of sermon. I'm not that kind of preacher. This is not a fire and brimstone day. And if God is suffused with mercy and grace today, why not us? So we are called to see ourselves clearly on this day, but we are also we're called to see others with a softer gaze. So we kind of switch our normal day-to-day um, excusing our own behaviors. We say, well, I was, I was tired. I, I, my blood sugar was low. I, um, I didn't get enough sleep, and my finger hurts. And we turn that same soft gaze on other people. Um, a good place to practice this, you know, is when you're driving, um, when someone cuts you off in traffic. Or, I mean, the bigger the tires the more you can do anything you want on the road, apparently. And so I get mad and start um, yelling about big tires on the road. But what I should say instead is what my friend Pat Jobe says when somebody cuts him off in traffic. He says, oh, bless his heart, he's probably just gotten out of the hospital. (laughs) Might as well think that. There's a proverb in Hebrew that says, Kol kashim, which means all beginnings are hard. There's a Russian proverb that says, the first pancake is always a flop. And so, when we start something new, when we make changes in our lives, we need to be uh, okay with them not being perfectly graceful, and beautifully done. So, some of those missteps are are what we what we cast off when we do tashlik, or when we think about the beginning of the year, or when we think about forgiveness and confession and taking our own inventory. In a church year, the beginnings are hard as well because um, people are running around like chickens with their heads cut off and. Uh, some people are all ready for the year to start. Church year starts in September like the school year. We go year-round in our congregation, but summer does slow down a bit. And um, in the fall comes the annual stewardship canvas. And the can- we call it a canvas because everyone gets canvassed, everyone gets interviewed, um, or should, to find out how things are going with you and how the church is doing for you and what you would like to um, do to support the church and its mission. <clears throat> Beginning to talk about money is a clumsy and awkward thing for most people. Money is a minefield of shame and secrets and doubts, worries, and um, or pride and bravado if you have $8 billion. So, um, what I would like to ask of you is as we begin our canvas, that you forgive yourself for feeling nervous or clumsy about it. That you, if you are a canvasser and you're making calls to forgive yourself for feeling Um, awkward about calling someone and saying, let's talk about the church and talk about money. We are asking one another about our commitments. And so what I would ask you to do is to forgive yourself any nervousness or awkwardness or shame about money and focus instead on the joy of the community and the feeling of being able to hold your head up in the community and say, I do my part here. I hold up my piece of the sky, and I will have my voice heard, and I'm part of what this place is doing. We use Rosh Hashanah also to um, inventory how our church is doing, and so the church leadership and I, we work together, and we think, how's it going? How are the people feeling? How are we doing the right things? Are we going in the direction people want us to go in? And this congregation is making a lot of changes right now. We're talking about what we want to build and what we've got money to do and wh- what the priorities are. and we're going to be inviting the congregation into those conversations as we as we go. And we've offered sanctuary to Sulma Franco, and um, she had a very successful outcome down at the immigration office, and and we were part of that campaign, and we made justice happen. Um, We partnered with St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church. We made a friend in town, another congregation. We made a friend of Sulma and a friend of Gabby, her partner. We've been immeasurably enriched by that experience, and we'll talk about whether we'd like to do that again and what kinds of refugees we would like to host if we want to do that. And um, and we're talking about, well, we're planning to put a, a banner up that says, standing on the side of love, Black Lives Matter, on our building. And so many people find that controversial out in the world. I'm not sure we, we um, have had lots of uh, expressions of support and some expressions of concern about that amongst ourselves. And so I look forward to the conversations that that will start um we love law enforcement. Um, there are many, many wonderful police officers. Black Lives Matter doesn't mean we'd like people to kill police officers. Um, but we want to express to those among us who are people of color and to those among us who are allies and to those among us who are considering becoming allies the support that the ministers of this congregation and the leadership of this congregation uh, want to offer. So we look forward to those conversations, and and the stewardship drive is the place, one of the places to have those conversations. Are you with me? Does that make sense? Okay. So we take inventory of our year. We say, how many chalice circles do we have? How are the chalice circles doing for people how, what do people feel about the building um, possibilities? We want to hear from everybody. And so when your stewardship person calls you, I would ask that you take the call and make the appointment and be willing to take a little time to really reflect on uh, what this church is to you and what part of this church you would like to become and what you are proudest of. And we're going to ask you to start After the service, there'll be post-it notes in House and Hall, and you can make a post-it note and put them up on whatever flat surface you find (coughs) about uh, what you're proudest of, of this church, and what your concerns are, and what you would really like to see change, and what an experience has been for you that's been wonderful. And those cards will be uh, collected, and they'll be read by actual human beings, and they will be the stone in my pocket that I carry around thinking about what this church needs to add and what it needs to cast off because of your feedback. So on this Rosh Hashanah, I ask you to carry your pebble and see your life clearly and yet kindly, and to know that the universe at this point is suffused with justice, love, mercy, and grace toward you, And feel that, just in case it's true. And when you're ready, we're going to throw this in a moving water, a lake, a river, um, not your swimming pool or a fishbowl. I'll look forward to hearing
1: from you about your experiences and insights. Will you say with me the words by which we extinguish our chalice? We extinguish this
0: flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. The lone wild bird in lofty flight is still with thee, nor leaves thy sight, and I am thine, I rest in thee. Great Spirit, come and rest in me.
1: Go in peace. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at www.austinuu.org.